How's it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio for the episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penlin, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm also joined on Wednesday, August 10th, 2022 by Ben Gorwitz in Atlanta, Georgia. Ben, say what's up to the people. What's going on? Middle of the week, it's hump day. It's a Big Ten football day. And these divisions are polar opposites from each other. Yeah, um, we switched it up today, guys. Usually second episodes on Thursday. Today we are coming to you on Wednesday. But yeah, we have a very uneven conference as the West is um, stacked and the East is trash. And I'm not going to lie. I mean, other way around, the East is stacked and the West is trash. But also on top of that, the Big Ten um, has like, they're a lot like your typical college football conference, if you know what I mean. Not much top to bottom. Um, let's go ahead, though, and deep dive into it, guys. Ben does have a softball game, so um, not as much bantering back and forth as usual. We're strictly business today. Ben, usually we start out with Ohio State because they're the conference champions. They are not. This year it is the Michigan Wolverines. Michigan was undefeated last year until UGA stomped on their souls in the um, – that was the Orange Bowl. Yeah, that was the Orange Bowl. Orange Bowl. Yep. UGA stomped on their souls in the Orange Bowl. Ben, what do you think about the Michigan Wolverines? I believe they opened fifth in the coaches' poll. Will they repeat as conference champions? I think five five is definitely high for me. But uh, so let's let's start with the obvious. They lost both their coordinators, offensive defense coordinator. But the good news is that Harbaugh did not reach an, an agreement with an NFL team, so he's back. I, I think that's big. I, I've always thought Harbaugh was a good coach. Same. Uh, obviously, he had to win something big to prove it, but him sticking around is big. They lose. Listen to how much defensive production they're losing. Aiden Hutchinson, David Ajabo, DB, uh, forgetting his first name, Hawkins, Dax Hill at safety, and Vincent Gray in their secondary. So they lose a lot of defensive production. <clears throat> but it shouldn't be too much of an adjustment uh, offensively in terms of play calling. They promoted from within on offense and defense. They have a quarterback battle. They have McNamara, uh, not, yeah, McNamara yeah. from last year and J.J. McCarthy. J.J. McCarthy is by far more athletic. I don't even know if he's thrown a pass in college in his two years, but he's played a decent amount in the run game. So that's an interesting quarterback, quarterback battle. I think it's just McCarthy's time to take over. They are loaded at running back between Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, uh, which is big because Michigan's one of those teams, like it's an offense where you know what they're going to run, you know what they want to run, and you still can't stop it sometimes. So having the two-headed monster backfield is huge. And then from injury, they have uh, Ronnie Bell, a receiver. He was injured a lot of last year. He's back. So they have a nice playmaker on the outside and two amazing running backs. And Michigan's going to run the ball down your throat, whether you can stop it or not is the question. Yeah, Ben, you know, I actually think Michigan, like usually when you think of them in the past couple of years, has been defense and the offense has struggled. I think it's be the exact opposite. You hit the nail on the head, man. They only have 47% of their defense back, but they do have 87% of their offense back. That's good for 64th in all of college football with returning production-wise. Look, Ben, I think this Michigan offense is going to be able to throw the ball. They're going to be able to run it. I think this team is going to be a monster no matter what on offense. I think Harbaugh has definitely built something here, and this is a team that when I look at their schedule, I mean, this Michigan team plays an absolute out-of-conference cakewalk. On top of that, in conference, I mean, obviously they have to go on the road last game of the season, play at Ohio State. But other than that, they get Penn State at home, so there's no whiteout there. They play at Iowa. At Iowa is probably their next toughest game on the schedule. Ultimately, Ben, when I see this Michigan football team, 
I just think the defense isn't what it's going to have been last year. I feel like they're going to slip up and lose a game they shouldn't, and they're going to lose at Ohio State. I'm saying 10-2, and which, I mean, obviously after what happened last year and just off of what Michigan fans think for their team is not a good season. But in my opinion, 10-2 and is a damn good season. I think Michigan's going to be a really good team. I think this is a top-eight team in all of college football. I just think that they lost too much on that defense. I mean, when you lose two guys, I mean, Ogan Joby would have been a first-round pick if he didn't get hurt. Um, Aiden Hutchinson obviously was, but when you lose two pass rushers and you lose secondary guys like they did, it's, I mean, it's tough. To, I know you're obviously at Michigan, so you're replacing those guys with four and five stars, but still, though, it's not, it's easier said than done. Michigan State, even though it's in Ann Arbor, is a tough game. Harbaugh hasn't had great success against them. Yeah, actually, I take that back. Michigan did lose to Michigan State last year, right? So they did lose. Yeah, so they did lose one game. I misspoke on that. I think that. he's only so, beaten Michigan State once in his tender at yeah. Michigan so far. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it happen a lot in Big Ten. These teams slip up to one team. I could see at Iowa, at Iowa being the game where they go down as Iowa is a very good defensive team. Next team up, though, we're going to talk about the Ohio State Buckeyes here, Ben. Ohio State is, uh, I mean, obviously, they're going to be out for revenge. They they still have head coach Ryan Day there. Um First thing I'm going to say about Ryan Day before I get into the rest of the team here is when when we think back about Ryan Day, man, his only losses were in the national championship, and then his only other loss was to Clemson. So, I mean, until last year, he hadn't even lost a regular season game yet until he lost to Michigan in that last game of the season, ultimately missed the college football playoff. This team's going to come out pissed off, man, and I don't think that's something that teams want to see. C.J. Stroud and company did start slower last year, but once they got on track – it was nothing to mess with. Um, wide receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba obviously went off against Utah in that game. I mean, he's an absolute freak. They have Marvin Harrison Jr. Who's their third wide receiver? Mm, I'm blanking on his name. Oh, it's Fleming. Julian yeah. Fleming, I believe. Yeah, that is exactly what his name is. Um, ever since Brian Hartline became the uh, the wide receiver coach and has recruited these guys, he's pumping five stars out like it's nothing. Look. At the end of the day, these guys might not be – I mean, Njigba might be as good, but these other guys might not be as good as Garrett Wilson and Olave. but I still think that they'll be absolutely fine. This team is going to be nasty. C.J. Stroud's going to be coming into his own. Trayvon Henderson, their running back, arguably top five in the league. This might be the best offense. Actually, you know what? I'm going to put them – I'm going to say this is the best offense in all of college football right here for the Ohio State Buckeyes. I think them and Alabama are head and shoulders better than everybody else in college football. Um, on top of all of that – they bring in defensive coordinator Jim Knowles, who comes over from Oklahoma State, who had a top 10 defense in all of college football last year. I will say Jim Knowles' defenses usually start slow, as they have the past couple of spots he's been at. I don't think it matters, though. I don't see the teams on the schedule here for Ohio State going to beat them. Look, Notre Dame is ranked sixth in the nation. They opened the season against them. I just don't see it happening where Notre Dame is going to beat this Ohio State team. I think this team is going to go undefeated in the regular season. I mean, Arkansas State, Toledo, I don't see it. They get Iowa at home, so they don't even have to go to that one on the road. And Michigan at home, those are their toughest game. Actually, I guess at Penn State would be their toughest game in a wideout. I don't think any of that matters. I think they're still going to go in there and kick their ass. I think they'll still win that. I mean, they're favored by double digits in every single game on the schedule and almost 20-plus in pretty much every game except for Michigan and Penn State. The spread is going to be 20-plus, so I mean – Ohio State goes undefeated here. I don't see it any other way, Ben. Yeah. So, they, I mean, they averaged like 7.9, six yards per play, and they return a lot of offensive weapons. Now, obviously, they lose the two first rounders you mentioned, but, I mean, Jackson Smith and Jigbum could be a Heisman candidate. We've seen, obviously, with Devontae Smith, receivers are really getting a lot more uh, attention nowadays when you go off, and he really made a splash on the scene of that Rose Bowl. Listen, their defense gave up just under 23 points per game last year, 5.3 yards per play. 
Obviously, that's something that they're going to want to see improve under Jim Knowles. That's why he's coming in. That's why the old guy is out. Um, I agree with you. I think they go undefeated. Um, but I, I don't think like their schedule is that easy on paper. I just think they're going to be better than everyone. So they get Notre Dame, Iowa, Wisconsin, and Michigan at home. And then, like you mentioned, Penn State and Michigan State on the road. I mean, those aren't necessarily easy matchups by any means. I just think they're, they're going to be very, very good. And uh, I'll, I'll just give a spoiler. Their conference play of the year, I, you know, C.J. Stroud. Yeah, I mean, he's he's arguably going to win Heisman Trophy. I mean, it's not, nothing out of pocket there by Ben. I will say the last thing I want to say about Ohio State is you don't see teams often when they're as good as Ohio State was last year go out and get better, which is exactly what they did by bringing in Jim Knowles. I like this Ohio State team a lot. Let's talk about the team that – Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be an animal. Oh, yeah. I mean, his if he's, if he's even half of what his dad is, he'll be an animal for sure, <laughs> which I think he is. So, anyway, Ben, um, let's talk about Michigan State here, though. This is a team that ended up winning the uh, Chick-fil-A Bowl, which is now a New Year's Six Bowl. I mean, them and Pitt was pretty much a battle for who has a little more decimated roster. They do see star running back Kenneth Walker the third go to the NFL. Um, Kenneth Walker the third was had, like, over 50 bro- broken tackles last year. I mean, he led college football in all rushing stats. Basically, this guy was an absolute freak of nature running the ball on top of that they are going to lose 127 snaps on the offensive line from last year and that offensive line did not grade that well I think it was mostly Kenneth Walker um the past defense sucked as they gave up the most fast completions in all of FBS but still managed to, to win over 10 games last year Ben I'll start us off here on Michigan State look this team is going to start the season out ranked I believe but I think they take a step back here for sure. I like what Mel Tucker is doing here in building. Um, when I look at the schedule, they play at Washington. That's going to be a tough game traveling out west for that one. They still have to play Ohio State. They have to play at Michigan, and they close the season out at Penn State. I mean, I think seven or eight wins here is what will happen. I don't think Mel Tucker's teams are ever going to lay down. Mel Tucker's teams always seem to get better as the season goes on. So on top of that, Mel Tucker is 6-1 and one playing out of conference. I mean, I think he's clearly is building something here. I just think this team's going to take a step back before they take their step forward. I think Kenneth Walker's a lot like how Cam Akers was when he's at FSU. He balled out and put up big numbers, but that's because he's a freaking nature and he's better than everybody else on the field. Ultimately, I just think it's going to be an unsuccess. I mean, it might be looked down on by some Michigan State fans for what happened last year, but – I think it'll still be – I still think an 8-4 and four season, 7-5 and five is about what we'll get here. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the defense. They, they definitely got to improve in that. Uh, they ranked 11th in the conference in pass efficiency – against, you know, pass efficiency last yeah. year. There's only 14 teams in the Big Ten. So that's, and there's some that's really bad teams in the conference. And there's too. some really bad teams. Um, yeah, I mean, it's – the key to them is what how much can they replicate from last year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they still have some good – they have running back by committee. They've got two running backs. They're both pretty good. Their offensive line, I mean, they're a running scheme. They're kind of like Michigan. They like to play physical in the trenches and run the ball. It's going to come down to Peyton Thorne, their quarterback. He needs to replicate his season that he had last year. I think he threw for 24 touchdowns or 28 touchdowns. Pretty solid season for a school like Michigan State. They're not asking much of their quarterback. So if he can do that again, they're going to run the football. Uh, But their defense has to get a whole lot better. I have been finishing third on this side behind Michigan and Ohio State, but I think they lose three or four games. Yeah. Michigan loses. I think Michigan loses three games, but beats Michigan State. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't hate that at all with Michigan losing three games. I think two is more likely just because how weak this conference is, but I could definitely see three as well. I mean, 
when was the last besides last year Michigan had not done what they did last year again in a long time um let's talk about the other team who I think is I mean let's be honest I think we have the four best teams over here on this side of the Big Ten. I would take any of those teams to win the West. Let's talk about the Penn State Nittany Lions here, Ben. Penn State has um, offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator um, Brent Pry goes out to Virginia Tech to be their head coach. Um, on top of that, they do have Sean Clifford back for what feels like his one millionth season to play quarterback at Penn State. Ben, <laughs> what do you think? What do you think about the Nittany Lions this year? Do you remember? Um when James Franklin signed his extension. I do. He actually signed it this last season. So, I mean, they kind of put all that to rest. It was like 10 years, so, 70 million. So he's not going to get fired after the season, but this is a big year for Penn State. So in the last two seasons, they're 11 and 11. I wouldn't say that's that's up to Penn State and the line standards, right? So this what they do is they start out fast and then they just limp to the finish line. And it's just how far are they limping? How much blood is coming out of that leg limping to the finish line? Because they, st- I think they started four in last year and didn't play well for the rest of the season. So listen, well, Clifford did get hurt. So I'll give him a little bit of pass there. Yeah. They need consistency out of him. Um, I'm probably not the biggest fan of Sean Clifford. I think he's just a fine quarterback. He got sacked 44 times last season when facing pressure. And when facing pressure, his completion percentage dropped significantly. They just and, – and get this, this was shocked me. They didn't have a 100-yard rusher last season yep. in a single game. They only averaged 2.96 yards per carry. It's, it's just not pretty coming back from last year, and you can't get much worse with running the football. Um, the good news is they brought in Manny Diaz to be the defensive coordinator. Yeah. He's a phenomenal defensive coordinator, which is a terrible head coach. So he's back to his roots there. Um, this team's going to get after the quarterback on defense. They can really rush the passer. And I just don't know if they can score. They, I don't think they can score with Michigan and with Ohio State to challenge them in, uh, in um, the division this year. I really don't. I think they can challenge some teams in the other division, but that's not how you get to the conference championship. You're stuck in the East. Yeah, Ben, I don't think they can beat either of those teams either, mostly because they won't have the whiteout anchoring them at home. But look, I actually have some good news for the down, for their off for their run game last year. They were 127th in rush EPA last year. I'm glad that you brought that up because I was going to hammer them for how bad their run game is. But look, y'all get the picture. The run game was absolutely garbage, and this is a team that puts guys like Miles Sanders, Saquon Barkley recently in the NFL, and tons of other filthy running backs. So what Penn State's known for, I think they're going to get back to it as they bring in five-star Landon Montgomery, from the state of Pennsylvania, they were able to bring home the star. He's going to be in there running the football. They also got the top wide receiver from team that was a friend of the podcast last year. That'd be Western Kentucky. As me and Ben were all over Western Kentucky all season long, I Clifford was still top ten in QBR before he got hurt last year. Look, I'm not saying Sean Clifford is going to play in the NFL or play on Sundays. I think you'll probably be working a test job like me and you in a couple of years, but I do think this Penn state offense is going to be better. And I think they're going to be the third best team in the entire conference. I like Penn state to get back to what they did the year before. I think they're going to be able to ground and pound again. I think the defense will might take a little step back, but ultimately with how weak the rest of this conference is outside of Michigan and Ohio state, I think Penn state's the third best team in this conference by far. I got them fourth just by Michigan state. Okay, fair. Yeah, no, I mean, I think those teams are going to be neck and neck. I think Penn State, though, is going to end up winning eight or nine games on the campaign. Um, 
Other than that, though, I guess we can hit on Maryland real, real quick. Two is your boy, Ben. So Talia is also your boy by default since he did commit to <laughs> Alabama. And Mike Loxley obviously was a coach at Alabama at one point in time. Ben, what do you think about uh, the Maryland Terrapins and this high-flying offense? Is there going to be any defense for them? Mm, I don't think so. I think they're pretty similar to Wake Forest, to be honest with you. But the offense is so exciting. So Talia Tungvaloa went 26 touchdowns, 11 interceptions last year. Um, and he's got a really talented wide receiver room. If you've listened to the podcast any of the last two years, you've heard me say the name Rakeem Jarrett, five-star kid that went to uh, Maryland a couple years ago. He's now a junior. They also have Dante Demas and Jacob yep. Copeland, who uh, came in. They also returned five starters up front. I know that uh, you know that I'm big on that, but their defense, I mean, you ready for this? They allowed 38.8 points per game, 6.23 yards per play and right near the bottom of the conference in rush and pass efficiency. But they returned seven starters on defense. But returning starters can be, it can definitely be a very misleading stat. If your defense was as bad as Ben just said, I don't think returning seven starters. How much worse can you get though? (laughs) Hey, I wouldn't ask that question in college football, Ben. There's always much worse as we've seen many times. They're just an exciting team to watch. No, for sure. Bet the overs in their games. I think they win six games and go play in a bowl game. Not much else to add. Ben hit the nails on the head there with with his Maryland Terps team. It will be kind of a fun game though to watch them play uh, SMU as they play them in an out of conference game. Um, the last team in this in the Big Ten East are the last two teams: the Indiana Hoosiers and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Both these teams have very low win totals, and they fall in the category of teams that I refuse to t- waste our time about. We'll also throw Northwestern and Illinois into that hat as well. With them, Ben, out of those four teams that I just named right there, you had if someone held a gun to your head and said they have to have the best record out of those four, who are you choosing and why? Illinois, because I like Brett Belima. I'd say that's probably a pretty good pick. Illinois did beat two top 20 teams last year, so that's not a bad pick at all. Um, the more and more I think about it, I think if I had to choose one to be the worst out of all of them, I would definitely choose Indiana. I would also, though, go with Illinois. And I also want to say this, Northwestern's defense was worse than that Michigan State pass defense was, if that's even possible. So that's how bad Northwestern was last year. But, Ben, let's get over here now into the Big Ten West. Let's talk a little bit here about – we'll start off with the conference champ or with the uh, – not the conference champions, but the, the West champions last year, the Iowa Hawkeyes. As at one yeah. point in time, this is the number two team in the nation. They eventually fell off losing two games. They lost to the Boilermakers, and I can't remember their other one, but they ended up getting housed as well by Michigan in the conference championship game and finally exposed for the team they were. Ben, what do you think about Iowa this year? They should have one of the top defensive units in all of college football. Their defense is getting right back to that nastiness. Jack Campbell, top-tier linebacker. Riley Moss, top-tier cornerback. Their issue might be trying to replicate what they did last year. They forced 31 turnovers. That's really tough to repeat. But constant pressure on the quarterback and good quarterback play is what Iowa is known for. They just suffocate teams in the Big Ten. It's insane what they do to some quarterbacks. Um, they just need more consistency in offense, but I feel like you could say that every single year about an Iowa team, right? That yeah. they like to run the football. They like to suffocate you in defense and play some low scoring games. They usually just don't beat themselves. So, uh, you know, they get Michigan, Wisconsin, Nebraska at home, and then they get Ohio state, Purdue and Minnesota on the road. I think those are two winnable road games. I don't think Ohio state's a part of that, obviously, but Purdue not or playing in West Lafayette, playing at Purdue is not easy. Playing at Minnesota is not easy. I do think this team can do it because 
your defense, their defense can keep them in every single game. Yeah, look, they only return – so they return 87% of their – or 84% of their offense, only 67% of the defense. I think we've learned over the years of watching college football that no matter what, that this Iowa defense is going to be a staple in college football, and the offense is going to make it look like the forward passes the 1960s. So ultimately, Ben, I think this will be the exact same team we pretty much watched last year. Only problem is they do play a tough schedule, like you said, with crossover games against both Michigan and Ohio State. Um, I'm not going to reveal who I have winning this side of the Big Ten as I flip-flopped the entire day-to-day. Um, I mean, it, it, here's here, here, here's something funny just real quick, Ben, let's throw in here. I think that there's an obvious answer finally to this question as we've asked this question on podcasts the last three years. Who's the best quarterback in the Big Ten West? In the Big Ten West? Yeah. Oh, my God, that is like a – stab your eyes out question i know um, it's it's i would go with alex o'connell from purdue you mean aiden o'connell and aiden o'connell yeah yeah and so perfect i'm glad you said that because one that transitions into the next team we're going to talk about and two that's why i said there's finally a clear answer because that's exactly who i would pick too is aiden o'connell look this the aiden competition o'connell is, the competition's weak yeah, I mean, literally, the next, I'd probably I'd probably take Casey Thompson next, who's starting in Nebraska. We'll get to them next. But look, Aiden O'Connell took over this Purdue offense. It was absolutely explosive. Um, their head coach's name, what's the head coach's name there? He's leaving, leaving me right now. Jeff Brom. Yes, Jeff Brom. He really can spread it out and throw the ball. And look, I think it's a big thing for teams like Maryland and, and uh, Purdue to play this style of football playing in the Big Ten, because most of these teams are just defenses where they want to ground and pound you on the ground. They don't want to throw much, and they want to rely on their really good defenses. These teams are at least going to spread you out some and give you unique looks you're not really going to see from the – I guess Ohio State, obviously, too. But there's really only three teams in the conference that are going to spread you out like that. And I think that's big time. And that's really what we saw Michigan kind of get towards as well. But – Purdue, I mean, they could definitely air it out. Aiden O'Connell's going to throw all over teams, but the defense is going to be awful, in my opinion, Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, this defense was 130th last year in, in uh, running yards per play. They let teams run all over them. They don't have George Karloftis anymore either, who I think did drop to the second round. But, I mean, his his winning rate on third down, I mean, this team basically had a good red zone defense, and it was because that Karloftis was getting them all these sacks and all this disruption on late downs and games. Also, on top of that, their only hard game is Penn State. They play a very, very easy schedule. But ultimately, I think this Purdue team is only going to win like seven or eight games. Like, yeah. I just don't think they're that good. And I think these teams are – I mean, it's really going to be the home teams that are going to win these games on this Big Ten West. I think all these teams are very vulnerable. Like, I mean, if, you, if, if Purdue gets down, obviously they're going to have to throw the ball, but they're not going to be able to stop anybody. And if they turn the ball over, like if O'Connell just has a couple, you know, gets strip sacked or something like that, that's really going to shoot them in the foot. I think this offense is going to be fun to watch. But ultimately, I only have, I only have Purdue winning seven, eight games this year. Yeah, I have them regressing similar to what we just saw from UNC this past year. Um, I have them finishing fourth on this side. Um, yeah, you mentioned it. I'll just mention it very quick. The problem, they lost so much production on defense. Two defensive linemen, a safety, um, and a linebacker. So they lost four starters on that defense. And one of them, I think Karloftis may have gone the late first round because he, he got drafted by the Chiefs, didn't he? I don't remember. I I'll like, look. I think he went like 29 or something in the draft, but they also lose David Bell, who was their top receiver to the NFL. And then the wide receiver who was supposed to be their top guy just got ruled academically ineligible for the season. Damn. So little, little thin at the wide receiver position, but uh, they actually brought in a transfer from Iowa, which I think is pretty interesting transferring in division, but. Hey, he probably wanted to catch some passes rather than run block. He probably got tired of it. <laughs> 
<laughs> by the Michael. way, Carl Loftus was picked in the first round, the 35th pick by Kansas City. Yeah. Good memory right there by you. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll ultimately though be a fun season to watch this Purdue offense play. Um, I'm I'm excited to see what they do. They open season against Penn State. That's gonna be the toughest game on the schedule. So we'll see what these boys are made of to kick the season off. Um, speaking of big games, to start the season off. Scott Frost in Nebraska will start the season out playing overseas in Ireland um, against <laughs> Northwestern. First game of the season. Um, ben, let's talk about the Cornhuskers, man. Here they pull in man Oklahoma as well out of conference. They, Oklahoma is at home as they almost beat them last year. This team lost by eight of their nine losses were by one score and they only lost to Ohio state by nine points, which is barely outside of that one score area. They bring in Mark Whipple, the pit offensive coordinator to call the plays for them. Now Casey Thompson transfers in to play quarterback as well out of Texas. Ben is Scott Frost finally going to take this team bowl eligible. Yeah, I do think they get bowl eligible. Uh, it's a, it's a big upgrade from Casey or Casey Thompson from Martinez last year. I know that you liked, I remember you texting me, um, when Nebraska hired the old Pitt guy, I know that you liked that hire with what he did with Kenny Pickett, spreading the ball out. Um, yeah, I think Nebraska improves. I just don't think they're ready to take a huge leap just yet. Key for them is you got to keep the turnovers or an offense down. You were in so many close games last year. It really just comes down to, uh, you know, a turnover in the game or just that one stop that you can or can't get on defense. So I don't think they take a huge leap. I think they uh, take that one spot above um uh Purdue. Okay. Um, I think they finished about around fourth on this side. I think it's gonna be a better year for Scott Frost and he's going nowhere. Like this is his alma mater. They mm. he's got like he ain't getting fired. They're gonna give him the hardball treatment. Like you could struggle for a little bit and then eventually just get there. Even the hardball didn't really struggle. I know that that might be controversy for some people, but the dude was winning nine, ten games a year. Yeah. Like exactly, and that's why why we even had the. I remember we even we even talked one podcast. Do Michigan fans just need to accept this is the state of their program at this point? It's a good thing they didn't because they ended up getting there, and we would have been wrong on that one. But anyway, I like just like the hype back up, and then now it's going to go back down, and then you know he's a good coach. Leave him alone. For sure. And look, Ben, I like a lot what Scott Frost did here with this team. Finally, doesn't have the turnover machine, Adrian Martinez, and they're playing quarterback anymore who it felt like would fumble the ball or lose the ball in every single big game, every single big situation. Um, all the additions I said on top of that, this team was terrible on special teams last year. They bring in the top punter from the FCS, the top field goal kicker from the FCS. They also bring in a new kick returner as well and a new special teams coach. So this coach, Scott Frost clearly wants to make things right here. I think this team wins at least seven games this season and they finally go bowling again. So Nebraska will get there in my opinion. Um, Anyway, Ben, let's keep this thing running here, and let's talk about kind of the lower teams here in the conference. Actually, well, I guess Wisconsin isn't considered a lower team. Let's get to um, Paul Chris' team right here right now. Um, they only have eight starters returning for this upcoming season. They do have beast running back Breland Allen, who, in mm. my opinion, might end up being better than Jonathan Taylor. He was the closest thing I've seen to Derrick Henry in college football in a long time. He came in to play linebacker. Dude squats like 500 pounds. Let's go look up videos on this guy. This guy's a freak of nature. Ben, how do you think Wisconsin's going to do? They're right with Iowa, with one of the best uh, defenses in the country. Um, they have one question mark, and it's insane. He was the highest recruited quarterback Wisconsin has ever had, and their biggest question mark is that same player, Graham Mertz. He can't be any worse. He just can't be any worse. He averaged 6.8 yards per pass attempt last year. 
threw eight touchdowns and threw six interceptions. That is you awesome. You just can't get you can't get any worse than that. You just can't be a D one quarterback and and do worse than that. Um, listen, they have to play Ohio State, Michigan State, uh, and at Iowa. So none of those games are easy. Those are three really tough games. Um, being Iowa is probably the biggest one on the schedule since it's on their side. So it's going to come down to that one. And uh, I got Wisconsin finishing second. I don't think they went at Iowa. I got Wisconsin finishing second as well in this conference. I don't think they went at Iowa either, but I just think that this offense is not going to get it done. What man. do you think I, the over-under is for that game? 34? The, damn, 34 <laughs> is insanely low. I'd say 34. That's Iowa. Low. Right, yeah. Thir- no, 34 sounds a lot. I, I, we'll, let's keep that one in mind. That's late in the season. Yeah, we'll say, so Ben saying 34. I'm going to say 36 and a half is going to be the total, total. We're going off the opener, not off the close. It'll probably close around like 32, no matter what it opens at. I think this is going to be one of the lowest totals we see. All you know what both long. teams are going to look like at that point in the season. Yeah, they're both, they're, both, they're going to have really good defensive stats, and who knows what the quarterbacks are going to give them. Over under Graham Mertz, Pat, not okay. Obviously, this game doesn't count the New Mexico State or the Illinois State game. Over under Graham Mertz passing for over 200 yards three times this season. I'm saying under. Um, anyway, though, I like what Ben said though about Wisconsin. It's all going to be Breland Allen. I mean, this team, Paul Crystal still rebuilds some. I just think that they play too old school of a style of football. The last team in this division, Ben, is the Minnesota Golden Gophers. I'll go first on Minnesota. I have a decent bit of stuff for them. Tanner Morgan is rich coming back for his sixth year as he even started as a true freshman. So this is really his sixth year of playing QB for them. They have a very easy schedule. They finally have back their same offensive coordinator that they had a couple years ago when they threw it around and they upset Penn State. And they almost, they actually have never won the Big Ten West and they almost won the Big Ten West. Um, that was when they had um, Rashad Bateman and who was the other wide receiver that went to the NFL? Mm, Tyler. I feel like it was Tyler or something. Yeah, I can't remember his name either, but regardless, um, this team is 100th though in returning production, which kind of sucks. Um, and they and I mean, at the end of the day, though, I think this offense is going to get back right. Is they really didn't throw the ball that much? They also do have their running back back. Um, it's like Mufasa Ibrahim or something like that. Something Muhammad Muhammad Ibrahim. There we go, Muhammad Ibrahim. Um, I think this team though is going to sweep the reg- their uh, out of conference schedules. They play New Mexico State. Um, I don't even know who WIU is, and they also play um Colorado, so they should be able to sweep those. They do have to go on the road, though, and play at Wisconsin. They do have to play at Penn State and at Michigan State. But other than that, though, I think this team wins six or seven games. I really do like P.J. Fleck as a head coach. I think he should have gotten out of there when he had the chance. I don't know why he stuck around at Minnesota ultimately, but it's a conversation for another day. I think this team's going to be competitive. But ultimately, I think six or seven wins is at max for them. Yeah, I mean, Muhammad Ibrahim is a really, really good running back, just Throw on the tape what he showed against Ohio State before he got injured in that game. Uh, their defense, you touched on everything on offense. Their defense ranked second in the Big Ten last year in scoring 17.3 points per game, was scored against them, and fourth in yards per play. They didn't give up much on defense. Um, I swear, Tanner Morgan's been there for his eighth year, but if you say sixth, then sixth or fifth, whatever you said. Um, yeah, returning quarterback, returning offensive coordinator, and they get their star running back. So um, they get him back is what I meant. This is an interesting team to me. Those, ro- those out-of-conference games, or not the 
Louisiana Conference. Those three games in the Big Ten you mentioned are very, very tough. I want to see if they can pull off any of those upsets, which is really only two of them because I don't think anyone beats Ohio State. But I think it's an interesting for what PJ Fleck can do this year. I think I think I have them. I have them finishing. I actually have them finishing third. Okay. Um, outside of those three games, I really think they could win out. Other than Iowa is going to be tough, so they may lose four games. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I don't hate that at all, Ben. Um, Ben, before we get out of here, man, who's playing in your Big Ten championship? And you already said your conference player of the year is CJ Stroud. I'm going to duplicate that one as well. I don't think there's much discussion there. Um, Ben, who's playing in your conference championship and who got winning it? The only discussion I have for conference player of the year is picking one out of the three Buckeyes between Henderson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, and CJ Stroud. But I I went with CJ Stroud. Um, I got Ohio State beating Iowa in the conference championship. I hate to copy Ben because the Big Ten West is such a shit show, but I'm going to go the exact same thing. When I just see this at the end of the day, I know I can rely on Iowa's defense the most of anything. I mean, they have 87% of their offense back. I know the offense was terrible. They did lose, they did lose two of their biggest offense players. Tyler Lind, Lindstrom, Lind, yep. Lindbaum, what's his name? Lindstrom. But, I mean, let's be honest. Lindstrom Iowa always has – And the running back. Yeah, but Iowa, if Iowa does anything, they're big at big on the lines. Same thing with Wisconsin. Those teams are always big on the lines. Like, I feel like it's they'll true, be all but right. I mean, he know? was. I mean, he was a stud. I mean. Mm-hmm. No, nah, he and definitely And then the was. running back, um, Zach Moss. No, that's Utah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't remember his I name either. Iowa he's on the Packers good, now, though. though. Yeah, he's on the Packers now, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, no, they definitely do have a little bit of overturn as well. But, yeah, I'm going to take Iowa as well. I really, really, really tried to sell myself on Nebraska all day. I just – it's baby steps before – you know, you got to you got to uh, walk before you run. So, Nebraska, let's just go bullying this year, guys. Um, ben, anything else you got to say, man, before we get up out of here? I don't think so. Big Ten's always fun to watch, though. Plus, you get Gus Johnson in the mic. Is it fun to watch, though? I think the SEC is the most fun to watch now that all the other yeah, teams think, are like the Big 12. Yeah, like, I think like, yeah, games at Penn State are, are cool to watch. Ohio State, Michigan is always cool to watch. Just Ohio State putting up 60 points, like when they play Northwestern, is yeah. cool to watch. Now, that yeah. is true. Yeah, as long as you're watching the Blue Bloods, it's fun to watch. Um, anyway, yeah, I guys, ain't watching like Northwestern versus Illinois. <laughs> that ain't fun. Nah, I, I don't know, Ben. I've seen what you watched before on Saturdays. That sounds about right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But anyway, guys, we appreciate everyone who tuned in. Next week, we will have more NFL season previews. We will have the SEC preview with a special guest on there as well. You need to figure out what day we're recording that one. But ultimately, guys, we got a lot of good stuff coming for y'all. All fine, Bob. After, yeah, yeah, we're having Paul Feinbaum on to talk about the SEC with us, guys. Ultimately, though, guys. After next week, it is college football week zero. So PixPod will be back in two weeks, including all me and Ben's regular season predictions. Lots of big stuff coming for you guys. As always, we appreciate everyone who tuned in, and we'll talk to you all again soon.